The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. You no, know, at the Cincinnati game, my, my, our crew was up early and we had kegs and eggs at 8 o'clock. Just so awesome. <laughs> the highlight of my week. I don't know if that was the highlight of anybody else's week, but Bob Stoops coming on the show yesterday and telling us all that before that 11 a.m. kick, OU in Cincinnati, kegs and eggs with the family, that is... That is amazing. And I just wish I could have been a part of it. That that would have been uh, a lot of fun out there. Glad the Stoops had a great time. OU gets a win at Cincinnati. They are 4-0. And we turn our attention to OU and Iowa State, 6 p.m. here in Norman. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, John Whitson, we got you for the next three hours. John and I are at Brown O'Haver right here in Moore, 405-735-5510. And, John, I'll just start here, man. Uh, how are we feeling about the game this weekend? I, surely nobody's nervous. So use like a 20-and-a-half, 21-point favorite. But how are we feeling on uh, Wednesday of game week? Uh, I am the opposite of one game at a time. Let's get this thing over with and get on to Texas. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. We need to roll Iowa State. Matt Campbell is having the worst year of his coaching life. They, I mean, the fact that they beat Oklahoma State is seriously just a testament to how bad Oklahoma State is and has nothing to do with Iowa State. We're going to roll them, and we need to get to Texas. It's that simple. Geez, Travis, I'm curious if you can show uh, that much confidence or at least half the confidence that John's showing right now. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i confident, but, you know, I don't necessarily just want to uh, roll right over Iowa State. I don't think uh, I don't think any team in the country is good enough to really just overlook anybody, and they had that uh, – they had that offensive explosion against, uh, explosion against Oklahoma State. I, they scored more points in that game than I thought they would all season. So maybe they've got something at quarterback we didn't know they had. Um, I don't know. You know, just, hey, I'm one week at a time. But I know I know John. I know Steely. Everybody's just ready to get to Texas at this point. Yeah. Gunny says kegs and eggs is a game I know how to play. I don't doubt that for, for one second. Caleb from the 580, Iowa State better not sniff the goal line. Uh, they may sniff it walking into the uh, locker room at halftime, but I've got a midweek score of 38-7. Uh, to 7. I think the OU defense is going to play really, really well once again. And, and to both of your point, like this is a very interesting game for me because we've been talking about the OU-Texas game all offseason long saying, all right, well, that's your first big test, and that's the game where we're really going to find out how good this team is. A lot of what we think about this season is, hinges on the Texas game. And this is the game before the game that everyone is really concerned about, right? And it's a game where you're a 20 and a 20 half, 20, 20 half, uh, 21 point favorite, whatever the line is right now. So it almost feels like to me, John, that if you go out there and if you play well and you win this game, like I think 38-7 and easily cover the spread, we'll talk about it Saturday night in the postgame show. But once Sunday gets here, it's like, okay, well, who cares what happened against Iowa State? Now it's time to focus on Texas. And if you, you know, you, you, well, if you beat Iowa State by two, like it, it's just in a weird spot to where 
even if you do some good things, I wonder if it'll even be acknowledged or it'll just be, well, Texas is coming up and that's all we care about. Well, the offense has had questions now for, I don't know, since Arkansas State, right? The offense has had questions. So I think coming out of Iowa State, you hope to have answers to the questions, right? Is Dylan Gabriel ready for the stage that and the, and the test that Texas is going to give him in the Cotton Bowl? Are we going to have a running game or running backs identified that are going to be able to carry the ball against Texas in a productive way in order to, you know, to confront them with a balanced attack? There are questions that can be answered from the Iowa State game, but I think if if I think we are as good as I think we are. This should not be in question if we're going to win this game or not, right? It's going to be yeah. what do we know after the game? What have we learned from the game? And how do we apply that to the Texas game in order to go ahead and win that game too? Travis, this feels like the third consecutive week where if you want to look at the key matchup from OU's side, the Tulsa game, it was, all right, offensive line after that SMU game. Let, let's see them dominate, right? Cincinnati, it was, okay, Cincinnati's got one of, if not the best defensive lines you're going to see this year. Key matchup is OU's offensive line against their defensive line. And now with an Iowa State team that we know, you know, traditionally over the past five years has played good defense here, I feel like the key matchup again is OU's offensive line against Iowa State's defensive line. Yeah, and, and it's it's kind of wild that we're this far into the season, you know, trying to figure it out, right? Savion Bird, obviously, they said it was going to be back. And, uh, you know, we always thought, okay, is it Caden Green's time there at left guard? Is Troy Everett going to get some time there? Now that Jacob Sexton's back healthy, what are we going to be looking at there? So a lot still to work out. But when you look at uh, the pass protection from last week, only, uh, I believe, Eight, uh, eight pressures on, I don't know, 30 or 40 dropbacks, something like that. The pass protection was actually very good. It was just the, you know, it, it was just the run blocking that we need a little bit of help with. But when we switched from that zone running to uh, more of a gap scheme in the second half, I mean, I think we had 50 yards on our first eight carries in the second half. So once that got switched up and we started doing that, you know, that GT pull, that counter, if you will, that bread and butter, we, we started showing up a little bit more. So it'll be interesting to see how we approach this game. From the 918 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, shocking how quickly some of our fans forget we lost seven games last season and twice to Iowa State in the past six years, saying do not overlook this game um, at all. Camo Sooner says after all the heartache and strife that Iowa State has caused us, we need to donkey stomp them out of our way of this conference. Um, yes, I Iowa State has played you very tough here recently, including the last three times that they've played in Norman. What did Brent say that the combined score of those three games is actually identical, which is crazy to think about? But I don't know, man. This is a this is a bad Iowa State football team and a team that defensively, by the numbers, they're pretty good, but. I think the difference this time, John, and why I think OU will and honestly should beat this bad Iowa State team is I just – I don't think Iowa State's going to score 24, 30, 31 points this time around. I think Iowa State's probably going to get held uh, under 10 points. The OU offense is going to do enough to outpace Iowa State. I, ju I just think things around here are a little bit different and how they operate on a week-to-week -week basis. I'm looking at the OU defense again this week as a reason why this game shouldn't be very close. Well, absolutely. I, I, Iowa State did not score a lot of points on us last year. Um, I, in fact, I was looking the score up. Uh, what was the score last year? 27-13. They put 13 on us last year, which was – and we were a bad defense, right? We, that's all we've talked about all summer is how we were ranked in the bottom 
what hundreds, whatever, of, of defensive performance. And Iowa State only scored 13, and that was with a legitimate starting quarterback. So it's really hard to make the leap that somehow they're going to be an offensive threat against us this year at home with Hunter Deckers at home playing on the fantasy, you know, on, on DraftKings or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to make that leap. He's got Dylan Gabriels as captain in this game. That's exactly sure. right. And Stutzman's playing better. Our secondary is miles better than they were last year. Adabari's coming on. Our, I think we're getting our Mason Thomas back. I mean, it, it's, it's a totally different situation defensively for us this year. And Iowa State's only worse offensively than they were last year. So it just is really hard to figure out where the points are going to come from from Iowa State. The question then le- remains, are we going to put up 38, like you said? Are we going to be able to come out and show out offensively uh, before we head down to the Cotton Bowl? Well, let, let's hope that they do. Let's hope that the running game uh, is a lot better and more consistent uh, throughout this game against Iowa State. That'll make us feel maybe a little bit better heading into Dallas, right? Not saying that... Uh, there's a lot of people thinking OU's going to go down there and lose, but if the run game looks the best that it's looked all year long on Saturday, that'll make uh, that'll make you feel better at the beginning of OU Texas week. I, I do find it at least a little bit funny, and I'm not surprised at it. I, I do find it funny, though, that it's OU's last year in the Big 12, and there's been no conversation whatsoever, at least I've heard of, well, this might be the last time ever that you play Iowa State. Last time in a long time that you play Iowa State. My attitude, and I think everyone else's, is thank God. You don't have to play Iowa State in Norman anymore, who brings like 400 fans. Good riddance, guys. See you later. I, I don't know if the if the feeling is uh, different there in Tulsa, Travis, but I don't uh, I, I, I don't see any tears down here in uh, Norman that uh, no more Iowa State on the schedule. Yeah, I mean, I had a great time going up to Ames uh, last year. And I know we've got, uh, you know, the Kelsos and Douglas Miles of the world that, you know, live in those, in, in those parts that I'm sure uh, are sad to see the, the trip go at least. But, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I don't think, Tyler, there's anybody, really anybody in the Big 12 that I'm sitting there going, oh, man, I'm really going to miss that. Because, Tyler, when you, or I, when you and I are in Baton Rouge together after a game doing a post game, are you and I going to look at each other and go, mm, man, Wonder what they're doing. Well, I just in Manhattan, hope that you and Kansas. I are able to look at each other uh, during a postgame show <laughs> in Baton Rouge. The bourbon in the air just uh, m- might contribute. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, it could. But, but that's how. It, I mean, I, 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 maybe I'm just not the sentimental type. Uh, I'm not the conference pride guy. Uh, I know there are a lot of people out there that are just really big Big Twelve fans, and I don't want to knock anybody for that. I know we got a lot of people that have been watching it since the big Big Eight days, and. And, and, again, have some great memories there. But with me, I'm all about OU. I'm, I'm looking forward for OU's next adventure that is the SEC. So, no, I, I won't miss the clones. Cherokee Sooners just says, I'm so sick of the Big 12. And that's perfectly stated. I think that's where everyone's at. Especially with the uh, officiating. Uh, are you buying into the officiating oh. conspiracy or not so much of a conspiracy no, these days? Yeah, no, it's not a conspiracy. It's an actual systematic attack on the University of Oklahoma and the University of Texas by the Big 12. It's insane. Uh, Because I do the Boomer Bebo podcast, Kevin and I, this is a frequent conversation between both fan bases. It's unbelievable. You can, the, the, the physical evidence between the two, when you look at pass interference calls on us, against us, on us, against us, it's, it's flabbergasting 
the calls that they're choosing. It's not even random holding calls, right? It is clear, blatant, pass interference calls. They even review and, and get it wrong this time around. Oh, my gosh. The guy, the guy's foot was on the line. Joel Klatt sitting up there going, well, from what I can tell, he's out of bounds, you know. And, no, no, we're going to let it roll. It's, it's insane. And for it to be anything but a systematic way to just attack Oklahoma and Texas – I think you got to be crazy. Travis, did you do a, a thread on Twitter about it t- today or yesterday? Well, I might have. You know, here's the thing, Tyler. I go back and I rewatch every game, right? I, I watch it. Um, want to get the national perspective, obviously, as well. So, uh, you know, I've watched it kind of throughout the day. I've watched it twice, right? So the first time I watched it, I noticed Joel a couple of times, Joel Clatt, obviously, a couple of times saying, Oh, man, uh, maybe there should have been a flag there. And I just thought nothing of it. I just wanted to, you know, rewatch it and, and kind of take my own notes on it. And then, like, re- the Andrew Anthony catch. He was like, man, should have been a flag there, but Andrew catches it anyways. And I was like, man, I keep hearing this. Let me go back and actually count the times that Joel has a comment on, on, on certain plays. And, Tyler, I found five different ones where he either says got away with, got away with something, should have been a flag, that's a surprising Jeez. call, um, like on the sideline. I don't, I don't think he was in. I think that right foot is on the white line. The, 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 they thought he should have, been, he thought it should have been targeting whenever Dylan slid, said he got away with one. I mean, like, like time after time, he talks about, you know, you wanting a flag, um, when threats was coming over the top on that Jaleel Farouk in the end zone. I mean, five different times, Tyler. And, and Joel has no reason to be biased by any means. And it's, he's just there. They're reviewing it and he's expecting it to be one thing. And he literally is on air surprised about it. And, and that's the thing Travis, is Travis, Travis, when you watched it, I thought there was a really weird exchange. Was it Micah Bowen who they called lined up in the neutral zone? Offsides on the fourth and eighteen. Who would they call that on? I'm sorry. That was uh, was that Kendall, Kendall Dolby. Dolby. Kendall Dolby. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know why I said that. Kendall Dolby. So he's lined up, and then Joel is like trying to explain how. I'm sure you saw this. How he's well, it looks like he's you know clearly in the in the neutral zone, and then you're sitting there watching the screen, and you're like, no, he's a he's three feet off of the line. <laughs> Did you notice that when he called when he discussed that? Because that was a weird exchange. Well, when I watched it, when he was discussing that, they went back and, and looked at it, and, and Dolby was leaning forward a bit, it seems, where his feet and everything were behind the blue line. I, th- I, th- I That one wasn't one that uh, made the thread, but, yeah, it was certainly interesting. I, d- I just don't think you see that called all that often. Yeah. Uh, where I mean, but, but, the, but the ref, I mean, when you, when you look at the ref that actually threw the flag, he had the flag out in his hand staring down the line at Kendall Dolby, and right when the ball was snapped, boom, flag goes in the air. So, uh, yeah, I I just think, guys, I think at this point that if you are one that says, look, it would just be impossible for the Big 12 to conspire against, I don't think there's some, you know, I don't think they all meet with your mark in a dark alley before the game, and he says, all right, guys, look, you're going to do this or else, you know, we've got your families tied up. I don't think it's anything like that. I think it's just natural it's human nature they know that their boss has biases and 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 i think those biases are playing out and and i think that's how i think that's how you know it's it's coming to fruition as opposed to some big big you know conspiracy my thing is you're naive if you don't think something's going on going on be you're naive travis travis i disagree with you i saw this in a movie before it was called remember the titans and 
they there was something shady going on to try to make sure that the guy that Denzel Washington lost. It's the same thing. Those two old guys are your <laughs> marks sitting up in the stands, and he's turning to his other assistant, uh, uh, you know, director of the Big Twelve, and they're just smiling at each other every time a call's made. And we need to make sure that Ted Roof is on the sideline making sure that we've got the right people in and we're not letting them get another yard. National TV audience, uh, big noon kickoff, Cincinnati's first ever Big 12 game. Uh, should have expected it right. And then just to throw us off the scent a little bit, it'll be fine this week against Iowa State. There won't be any refs at all, Big 12 refs that show up for OU Texas, but there'll be a couple more times this year in interesting spots, maybe in Stillwater, maybe in Provo at the end of the year. They'll try to throw us off the sin a little bit in two or three weeks at a time. It'll be, you know, pretty even, but no, it's, it's happening again, dude. Not the last time that we're going to feel this way. Hell, maybe it's just worse for every game for the rest of the year. I, I guess that shouldn't shock us at all if that's the case. 918, I was in the That's Funny camp, but after the Cincinnati game, I firmly believe that the Big 12 is doing this on purpose. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. All right, uh, John and I are at Brown O'Haver today. Again, Brown O'Haver is a public insurance firm that adjusts insurance claims for the insured not the insurance company. So if you've experienced a loss from fire, theft, tornado, or water, you need to call Brown O'Haver at 405-735-5510. That's 405-735-5510. Travis, what's going on in Tulsa at Andy B's? Man, I couldn't be more excited. Uh, I believe I'll be at Andy B's the rest of the season here on Wednesdays. And, man, they got a lot of really cool stuff going on. Obviously, they have uh, their Oklahoma City location opening up later this fall. That's over at uh, 11917 North Pennsylvania Ave. But here, man, they've got just today, they've got Kids Eat Free on Wednesdays with a, with a purchase of an adult entree. Tyler, they've got a service industry night going on tonight, 7 p.m. to close. It's $7 unlimited bowling, and then they've got some beer and food specials. Um, they've got a pop-up bar, the Nightmare on Andy B Street, uh, kind of a Halloween-themed pop-up bar. They've got a ton of really cool stuff going on here. They're about to undergo a massive renovation, and, uh, and, and yeah, just really excited to be here on Wednesdays, man. All right, 405-651-3439. The text line is... Boy, they got thoughts on the uh, – well, some are saying it's not a conspiracy theory if it's true, guys. Come yeah. on, which is kind of where I think maybe all three of us are at right now. Uh, we'll hit your text. More OU football as well on the other side. Keep it locked on the ref. Join the movement. The ref army is growing. Don't miss a second of the Sooner coverage you want with the KREF app, the number one source for Sooner fans. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, John Whitson, co-host of the Boomer Bebo podcast, and with Brown O'Haver all with you today. John, uh, how about some of those examples that I love so much about Brown O'Haver and how you've been helping out people? Uh, yeah, we had a client uh, in Nichols Hills, your your neck of the woods, Tyler. You know where the a fan- little bit north of me, where, where the but, fancy people uh, live. Yeah. I, and my point is, is even fancy people will hire Brown O'Haver. <laughs> they had a slab leak, um, got with us right away uh, to gain advice on how to proceed with their insurance claim. Like we talked about, you can give us a call four five seven three five fifty five ten. We gave them some advice, told them these are the things to look for. They said, okay, we're going to handle it on ourselves. We think we got it. After two months of not getting anywhere with their insurance company, they had no inspection from their insurance company, they hired us. Once we were involved, we got the inspection scheduled, got with their contractor, got with their uh, staff adjuster, and after just weeks, we got them an initial estimate of $131,000, and we're going to continue to gather supplements and get them more on their insurance claim. We know how to communicate with the insurance company. We know how to get them to move. 
We know how to make sure that clients get paid. This is another example of somebody that said, you know what, we're going to take our time. They didn't hire us right away, but eventually they did. And because they did, we got them over $100,000 more. Two examples already today. One over 100000 that one 131000 So I just, it's over 100000 every single time. And I'm sure you got multiple examples. I heard like six different examples last time we were here a few weeks ago. Yeah. And here's, here's and two. You know it's crazy. It doesn't have to be that, right? I, you know, it's funny you say that. It doesn't have to always be those numbers. It just happens to be that those are some of our, our bigger success stories. But even on the smaller ones, if let's say you got offered 20 and we got you an additional 20, that's doubling your claim. That's doubling the amount of money you can use to make repairs to your home, to your business, whatever the case may be. So if you've out there and you've suffered an insurance loss and maybe you've already been paid and you think, man, I think there's more money out there, give us a call, 405-735-5510. Let me get to a few texts on the text line. The Recruiting Doomer says, I sit in Section 3 and I scream at the ref to stop screwing us. He looked at me and winked and smiled. Um, <laughs> nice. 405 still hurt from Baker Mayfield's loss to Iowa State at home. Yeah, that stunk, but they still turned around and made the college football playoff that year. Cool Moje says, what will the officials do when OU and Texas play each other? What a conundrum. Who do we hate the most? Uh, they may not even show up. No Big 12 officials for the uh, OU Texas game. It'll be a fight to the death. Which, if it's a fight to the I'll death, I like, I like, I'll Travis, I like Brent's chances against Steve Sarkeesian at midfield, if that's what it comes down to. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, all we've seen from uh, Sark is him accosting that uh, poor volunteer at the bowl game. But, uh, uh, yeah, other than that, I think what might happen, and I think what would make most sense with the conspiracy, is multiple targeting calls in the second half. So, oh, no. O- Don't so put o- that o- in the atmosphere. So, <laughs> o- you in Texas have to then deal with it the following week against remaining Big 12 teams. I think that might be what you need to look out for. If there's one in the second half, I I want people to remember this segment. Great point, Travis. Now I'm revising the three toughest games of the year on OU schedule. Number three is at BYU. Number two is Texas. Number one is UCF at home because 11 starters will be out that game due to uh, targeting rules. It's a good thing. It's a good thing we have competitive depth, boys. It's a good thing we have competitive depth this yeah, year. Yeah, they'd be at eleven starters, and they'll still hold UCF to like uh, ten points or something like that. Jeez. As we uh, go down memory lane, the historic rivalry, the historic series it's been between OU and Iowa State. Now, seriously, if there's a play that's ever stood out in the series history of OU and Iowa State, Travis, is it the Perion Winfrey hit on Brock Purdy Ooh. that we saw two years ago? Yeah, I was actually on a visit with Gentry Williams, uh, on a visit with Gentry Williams at the time, and Robert Spears Jennings was sitting right behind me. You had Gentry all in the recruit section. This was before I was, uh, you know, on radio, and everybody, you should have heard that section because you could hear it. I mean, from you could hear that hit from the recruiting section. Man, people started looking around, and part of me thinks that's the moment where a lot of people thought, "Yep, I, I, that crowd reaction. I'm coming to school here." I was in a uh, BJ's in Tulsa watching it uh, at a soccer tournament, and the BJ's erupted. I mean, erupted. It was one of the – I mean, what's – is it the literally the biggest hit since – Well, and, since and now Stanford. a big hit like that, you just automatically think, whoa, whoa, uh, well, he's out for the rest of the game. I almost Biggest wonder, legal hit that didn't get flagged. I, I still almost wonder how he wasn't out for the game. I mean, I know it was a legal hit. I know he was out of the pocket. I know he was a runner and all of that stuff. 
But the fact that they didn't protect the quarterback still blows my mind. But it was fantastic. It was a fantastic hit. There was also a thick six by Jalen uh, Redman that game. But in terms of plays in OU Iowa State history that stand out, I'll, I'll give you another one. Uh, 2002, probably the most anticipated OU Iowa State game that we've ever seen. Seneca Wallace was near the top for, for Heisman list. They came in as a top 15 team. I think it was early in the, early in the game. Uh, was it a, was it the snap over the punter's head or maybe, oh, you blocked it. Anyway, I remember the Iowa State punter trying to kick the ball out of the back of the end zone, which is illegal anyway. You can't do that. But he kicked and missed the ball in the end zone and OU recovers for a touchdown in that 49-3 route of the Cyclones that, that night. That game was so cold and wet. That's all I remember. I was yeah. in that game, Terrible sitting weather. in the student section. It was one of the wettest, coldest Oklahoma games I'd ever been to. But you know what? Seneca Wallace was right at the top of the list. I mean, he was on a hype train. It was the week, I think it was a week or two weeks before he did that play against Tech. Where Remember where he yeah. ran all the way across the field, ran all the way back for a touchdown? And, yeah, they, they, we absolutely shut him down, and it was fantastic. So, yeah, the OU Iowa State series, not one that you're going to miss all that much. Just not a lot of uh, – I mean, it's, it's been more interesting here recently than it's ever been, but – it's been dreadful at times being a 14, 20-point favorite and games uh, games coming down to the wire. Is uh, is Texas going to mess around and play a close game with KU on Saturday night, by the way? I, I don't know how the Texas uh, side of your podcast feels about this, but are they nervous about KU this weekend? Absolutely they're nervous about KU. Kevin's a big fan of Jalen Daniels. Um, you know, Kansas, you talk about Iowa State. Oklahoma struggles against Iowa State over the last five years. I mean, Texas, I mean, they've struggled. As these much are these against, two teams' bugaboos, right? Yeah, before they they've play struggled each other. as much against Kansas over the last five years as we have against Iowa State. And Kansas is a much better team, obviously, this year. I mean, they're ranked in the top 25. Let that sink in. Kansas is a top, it's a, it's a top 25 matchup uh, down in Austin this weekend. No, they are nervous about it. They think they're going to win. Like I said earlier, they are in a very smug place. I think they're saying it out loud in order to feel like they're saying the right things prior to a Kansas game but they're very smug. I think they think they're going to take care of business. They probably will, but I think deep down they're nervous that, oh, my God, if we lose to Kansas, it could be the worst loss in the history of Texas, and that's saying a lot. Whose fan base should be more worried, Travis, about a potential look ahead and obviously factor in the opponent that they play? Is it pretty obvious just to say Texas since KU's a lot better than Iowa State? Yeah, it has to be. I mean, and, and Texas has a history – Again, this goes back to the year they almost beat LSU in 2019. It goes back to last year against Bama where they almost won, and they were really the better team in that game. It, Texas has a history of playing down to their competition. And this time, if you play down to a, a Jalen Daniels, Kansas, uh, might, might get ugly because that dude can absolutely play. So uh, it's, it's still got all the jokes with it because it is Kansas and they've had trouble. But this is the best Kansas team since, what, the Orange Bowl? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what other Kansas – I mean, K K last year's Kansas team would, yeah. would be the answer since then. So if you think KU's better this year than they were last year, and I think that they are, then that the answer to that question is yes. I mean, we escaped we escaped not having to play Jalen Daniels last year. Yeah. I mean, that, that was a huge – Jason about, Bean. I mean, he's a nice player too. But you talk about being it's, – It's a difference. You talk about being six and seven. I mean, it could have been one game worse or however that works out. So I, I think we dodged a bullet last year, but yeah, since the Orange Bowl, they're they're 
I don't know if you can say they're really good. I don't know that they're really good, but it's a very good football team. Drew from Flower Mound says, y'all remember the Big 12 championship when Iowa State went for it on fourth and we should have been flagged for a neutral zone infraction and Matt Campbell lost his you-know-what, and I'll say rightfully so. Yes, that was the uh, famous video clip there where he's screaming, you, you, at the official as he's going down the sideline. I would, uh, I don't want Matt Campbell as the head coach at OU. Not now, not ever. But I would be interested in how Matt Campbell would have reacted last week to some of the calls that, uh, that, uh, that, that were against OU and uh, even the situation last year. He, he, he gets pretty fired up over there on the sideline. I, I wonder how he would have reacted. Probably not very strongly there. Uh, Travis, what's going on at Andy B's there in uh, Tulsa? Man, they're, uh, they're growing. I'll put it that way, man. They've got all kinds of fun stuff happening just today with the kids who eat free on Wednesdays with uh, every adult entree. They've got the service industry night tonight. So servers, bartenders, get on out here, 7 p.m. to close. $7 unlimited bowling with the beer and food specials. Dude, they've got like 45 arcade games now. They're In their renovation, they're going to have like 120. They're doubling their go-kart size. Uh, they're opening the Oklahoma City location later this fall over off North Pennsylvania Avenue. I mean, really, really exciting stuff going on here at Andy B's in Tulsa. I didn't even know until we came here for Tulsa Day all this crazy stuff that was going on. Man, I'm stoked. Chapstick says Texas is getting beat by KU this weekend. KU is good. Outside of Texas, they scare me the most, and Texas is smug and deserves an ass-kicking. Thank you, Chapstick. That's very well said on all fronts there. I like that. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. More college football next right here on The Ref. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComish, Travis Davidson, John Whitson, co-host of the Boomer Bebo podcast, and Brown O'Haver joining us today. Again, Brown O'Haver is a public insurance firm that adjusts insurance claims for the insured, not the insurance company. So if you've experienced a loss from fire, theft, tornado, or water damage, you need to call Brown O'Haver, 405-735-5510. That's 405-735-5510. And, John, uh, Brown O'Haver uh, routinely gets clients 30 to 40% more money over than doing it on their own. Absolutely. And it comes down to the fact that we just we handle so many claims a month. We've done it for so many years. We just know how to work through a policy. We know how to work through uh, other insurance co- or work through insurance companies to make sure folks get paid. And our statistics and our referrals back it up. We get clients 30 to 40% more typically than they would on their own. But even more so, Tyler, it's about getting it quickly because getting the money in your pocket more quickly helps you get rebuilt, uh, helps you put your life back together and get back to normal more quickly. And that's what we try to do. Mel Tucker is officially out. No for real this time. feel like he's gotten fired like three different times now at Michigan State. 24-7 sports industry sources for early potential candidates. Mike Elko, Lance Leopold, Jonathan Smith, Dave Clawson, Jason Candle, PJ Row the Boat Fleck, Charles Huff, Pat Narduzzi, Sean Lewis and Matt Campbell. So no OU names listed there. Travis, would Matt Campbell sprint to East Lansing if Michigan State were to offer him the job, or eh, he's he's good at Iowa State? I mean, I 
first of all, I wouldn't make that hire if I were Michigan State. After seeing what Brees Hall and uh, Brock Purdy have been able to accomplish in their young careers, uh, especially Brock Purdy after being uh, Mr. Irrelevant, uh, I might uh, I might skip Matt Campbell and think that they owe him a little bit of money. But, yeah, I, he, I think he would go if offered. I mean, if that's the question, I think he would go in a heartbeat if offered. Uh, at this point, what Iowa State looks like, um, I, I just wonder, John, if we're going to look up in – I mean, God, we could look up next year and say this by the end of the season. But I think at some point we're going to say, you know what, Matt Campbell had a lot of juice, um, especially after that Fiesta Bowl win in 2020. He should have he should have left when the opportunity was right Absolutely. There. He's missed the window. He's missed his window, I think. Um, he they, they were rolling. They were preseason picks for – Big 12 championships, what? Two Top years? 10 preseason? Yeah. 2021. Two, yeah, two years ago. It's uh, it's crazy. To Travis's point, if they couldn't do that with Purdy and Brees Hall, you know, make those kind of runs. Uh, and that's just two names. Xavier Hutchinson, um, Alan Lazard is a, a guy. The defensive names that we haven't even listed yet. Cole, they've had some good players. Kohler, Kohler at tight end. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they're, he's, and he's gotten good recruits throughout. But um, – yeah, and you just look at some of it's not even against how he's fared against Oklahoma, which is actually pretty good, but how he's fared against teams that aren't that good. You know, Iowa, not that good. He beat them once. Yeah, Northern Iowa. You know, I mean, Ohio. Was, he got yeah beaten that game this year. And so yeah, in terms of like his uh, what's the word? His prospects. I think he's missed the window. I think he would jump at Michigan State, but I don't know if he's going to even get a even get a. A call of inquiry. Well, I like I, I look at some of these names on the list, like Mike Elko, Lance Leipold. Like Lance Leipold, I don't think would leave Kansas for Michigan State again. I, at least I don't think, right? But you hire Lance Leipold right now before you do Matt Campbell. At least I would if I was Michigan State. So there's a there's a decent number of names on here that I say I'd much rather have that guy than Matt Campbell at this point. I mean, the guy tried to fight a fan a couple of weeks ago after a loss to Ohio. Stock is not what it what it used to be. It's not there anymore. But Michigan State, I, I'm not sure it's a – is it a top 30 job? I mean, I know it's in the Big Ten. Currently, I would say they, no. They pay like it does. They pay like, oh, it, what, like it is. Yeah, and Travis, they're, they're, but they're on that border, right? I mean, it's not they're – not, they're not a top 25 job every year, are they? No, no, I don't, I don't necessarily think so, but so much of it is I appreciate that they were willing to actually take a swing. <clears throat> I think there are a lot of universities that could benefit from taking that approach of, hey, look, we think we got the right guy. Let's go ahead and pay him, lock him up, and, and, and pay like a big boy. I think, you know what, I, I often think of Oklahoma State when I think of Michigan State <clears throat> because Michigan and Oklahoma have a lot in common, right, both Blue Blood programs, um, have a lot of great history, have had a lot of great coaches. And then you've got Michigan State and Oklahoma State that have to live with a lot less success on the football field in the same state. So it's Oklahoma State often thinks, well, you know, if, if not Gundy, who would we even hire? Who would want this job? Who would do this? Michigan State could very easily say the same thing about their football program, but instead they dropped a bag. Now, of course, it didn't work out, but at least they were willing to do it and take a big swing. I've always liked that about Michigan State. So I think whatever's up next, I think, hey, look, if you're going to pay me, you know, ridiculous amounts of money, that job all of a sudden becomes a lot more attractive, and it might be technically a top 20, top 25 job when you consider just how much money you can make doing it. 
I don't mind the fact that they pay Travis. Like I, I agree with you. If you think if you think you've got the guy, then yes, pay him. But the locking up for the amount of time to me, that, those ten-year contracts, that just seems like a really weird way to want to do business. To be, you're the one basically holding the bag at the end. The coach can leave whenever they want, but you're still stuck with this ten-year contract. And if he wasn't fired for cause, they'd be stuck in the middle of a ten-year contract with him. And I just can't imagine that's a that's a great move for a university like a Michigan State. Oh, it may be a terrible move, but. You know, I bet there are a lot of, uh, you know, there are a lot of programs that would love to have their coach locked down for 10 years under a certain price. Uh, and, and like I said, I think I just appreciate people that take big swings and, and kind of live with the results. Now, they were able, obviously, I think we're going to see in college football is, hey, we're going to sign these big deals and then we're going to hire a bunch of private investigators to follow you around <laughs> because we're going to get out of this thing eventually. So, sure, it's a 10 year deal with a ton of money, but. Uh, you know, ooh, fired for cause. Looks like they've got all that money back. So I don't know. I think I think they've got some talent up there uh, to recruit from. I, I do think being in the Big Ten makes it an attractive job simply because of the money coming into the program. I think you would look at you know maybe maybe look out west, look at uh, you know what Washington State and Oregon State are doing. See if those coaches actually want to actually have a place to play football next year. Heck, go out to Seattle. See if. Uh, you know, see if you can throw a hundred million dollars, um, you know, out there. So I mean, there's I think there's a lot of options when you're willing to write the big checks. Peyton says, I mean, they did win a New Year's Six game and runner-up in the Big Twelve Championship. That's true. They had a drive to beat OU in a Big Twelve Championship. They lost that game. Surprise, surprise! Brock Purdy threw a pick on that play. But they rebound and they beat Oregon pretty soundly in the Fiesta Bowl, right? Like one of the biggest moments, maybe the single yeah. best moment in Iowa State football history. They just won a Fiesta Bowl. Are you kidding me? And what have they done since then? Seven and six the year after, after being preseason ranked number 10 or in the top 10. Four wins last year, and they're going to have about four or five wins this year. Yeah. But they just did not take advantage of the opportunity yeah. they had. I, I don't think the issue isn't that Matt Campbell wasn't the guy because he was. He was the guy for two or three years in terms of up-and-comer, next guy to get a big program. My only argument is he's now missed that window. Like yep. it, It's gone. Yeah, I agree. Uh, okay, Travis is hanging out at Andy B's in Tulsa. Brown O'Haver right here in Moore, 405-735-5510. Hey, OU is in on a five-star athlete tomorrow. What are their chances? We'll tell you coming up next right here on The Ref. The word is spreading, and the Ref Army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network and worldwide on the KREF app. It is Rush on the Ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, John Woodson. John and I are here at Brown O'Haver. And did you know that you can hire Brown O'Haver from the beginning? Typically when Brown O'Haver is hired at the beginning, they were able to get the insured paid much sooner and close to the claim much faster. So if you've experienced a loss from fire, theft, tornado, or water, you need to call Brown O'Haver at 405-735-5510. Travis is at Andy B's in Tulsa, and probably right around exactly 24 hours from now, five-star athlete Terry Bussey is going to pick between OU and Texas A&M. Parker put it at uh, 55% towards Texas A&M. Uh, last hour, Travis, where are you at on OU's chances for Terry Bussey tomorrow? 
Um, I put it. Uh, I put it at OU has about thirty percent chance. I'll, I'll go. I'll go a little bit lower than our man uh, Parker Thune. It's it, it. It's one of those things that feels like uh, you know. It feels like the magic number in baseball, Tyler. It feels like OU has to like make a move. Like OU, like we're we're drawing closer to decision day. I mean, it's twenty four hours. With each hour that goes by, that OU does not make a move, or Texas A and M somehow slips up, like you're just you're just going to end at the same at the same place, and he's going to be an Aggie. So, I mean, o, OU's running out of time, and and personally, I know Emmett Jones is a bad bad man, but I would be I'd be utterly shocked if if Bussy chooses the Sooners. Text line for the 918 without Connor Wegman, point to A&M's next conference win. Yeah, A&M's starting quarterback. He didn't play last week against Auburn, and they played, I mean, well, I don't think Auburn's a great team, but A&M won that game 27-10, to but Connor Wegman now out for the year. Point to A&M's next win. Well, I hope it's not this week against Arkansas in Arlington, but I don't think Arkansas is some great team either. But if they lose to Arkansas... Then they got Alabama, they're at Tennessee, South Carolina at Ole Miss. Uh, they're at LSU at the end of the year. All of a sudden, um, Texas A&M becoming bowl eligible is a, a lot more in, in jeopardy there, John. Could be back-to-back years potentially. Well, the Ar- I think the Arkansas game is going to be closer than you think. That Arkansas played LSU yeah. to within three. They at- bounced back. They didn't look good against BYU, but they bounced back and played better last week. Yeah. That's, that's true. So that's going to be fascinating. But, yeah, no, I think A&M, I think A&M is in trouble. Um, but they, they were in trouble. We, we thought they were in trouble at the beginning of the year if they're going to stand or Jimbo. You know, he's not the offensive coordinator that he has been. Bringing Petrino in looks like maybe it's changed a little bit of that trajectory. But now this is a major setback with Wegman, and I'm just not sure they can recover. Does Jimbo get? Uh, does he get an excuse this year if they roll off a five and seven, six or six without Connor Wegman, or, or, or no, Travis? Man, that guy's got. Uh, he, he's like ten cats, man. That guy's got ninety lives. I mean, it's. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what this does, Tyler. It it not only saves Jimbo Fisher, but it saves DJ Durgan and uh, and Bobby Petrino because. You're you're always you always got to have an excuse or a fall guy, right? And that's what Jimbo was. If this didn't work out and Wigman was healthy, Petrino had to go. Oh, experiment didn't work out. Blah blah blah. It can't be me. And Jimbo's got that layer of protection, right? Well, now, now you can't even get rid of Petrino because he can say, well, you know, I didn't have a quarterback to play with. So this is best case scenario for the job security of Jimbo. He's got so many excuses. Best case. For job security at College Station, maybe worst case for Texas A&M in general. I mean, even if I don't know if they're going to pony up the seventy-five million or whatever it is to buy out Jimbo Fisher, but oh, the excuses will flow from Jimbo and others down there if they end up five and seven again for the second consecutive year. Hour two, of the rush coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, K R E F, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the K R F app. Radio Network.